Let us pray. Okay. <laughs> Usually involves closing eyes, bowing heads, you know. dry, Lord, for anyone that's having a dry season, Lord, that your word might be like a mist that's coming and watering us, Lord, that's bringing growth, Lord, that's bringing greenery, that's bringing fruit into our lives, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, 
I, I know that, that you will do it. We give the rest of the time to you. We love you, Lord. We pray all of this in the almighty and beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Cough. You guys make me nervous. <laughs> Do we? Yeah, we're doing it. I don't care. I don't care. Sorry. It's not time to sleep. It is for me. I'm tired. I didn't have enough time. Yeah, no, we're talking. Go to sleep. All right. Today's going to be more of a a Bible study than a, a lesson. Uh, a Bible study. A Bible study. We're going to be focused on one um, chapter of scripture um, of a book. So, and excuse my voice. So if it starts dying, I don't know. Water? <laughs> Not water doesn't help. All right, the title of my lesson today is we're going to look at the parallels between Noah's story and ours and the context of Matthew 24. Okay? So we're looking at the parallel story of Noah mainly. The parallel story of Noah. So we're looking at the parallel of our life to Noah's story in the context of Matthew 24. Okay. Okay? All right. So the main thing I want us to focus on is why the church needs to actively watch for the return of Jesus. And more importantly, why we need to be ready for his return by serving him and others and sharing the gospel while we wait. It's like the parable that Jesus taught. Yes. So, Matthew 24 is a parable that Jesus taught. Um, we will focus on 36 to 51. Okay. So, before we read it, I want to give you guys a context of what's going on in this story. So, in this story, Jesus gives us three stories. And the pa- these, these are like parables, per se. Um, three stories that emphasizes the sudden and the unexpected return of Christ. So these stories encompass one, the parallel of the return of Christ being similar to Noah's story or back the Noah's time. Wait, is there anyone taking notes? We have recording. Two, um, the separation of the believers from the non-believers. And three, the thief that breaks at night, that breaks at home at night while everyone is asleep. Um, and most importantly, Jesus highlights how we need to be faithful. So, um, so what's happening in Matthew 24 is, this is the famous sermon that Jesus given, Mount Olive, Olives, um, about the destruction of the temple, um, the end time, and the sign of him coming. In this story, the disciples privately ask Jesus what the signs they need to be looking for for his return. 
Um, so he speaks about or warns the disciple extension, an extension us, warns us about the false Messiah that's coming, false prophet that will appear and perform miracles and wonders and signs that will deceive all of us and stray money, um, stray money out of his glory. So we can read um, Matthew 24 now, 36 to 51. You just want me to do it all at the same time? Yes. <clears throat> we shall read from Matthew chapter 24, verse 20, 36 through 51. I'll be reading in the NIV. Hopefully everybody's there. If you have your Bibles, uh, you should be there. Okay. But about the hour... Or the day, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing uh, about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be when the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other one left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, the other one left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time at night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for the servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that the servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time, and then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on the day when he does not expect him, and at the hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and, and sign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so the three points again. One, Jesus' is coming will be similar to the story of Noah. Two, there will be a separation between the believers and the non-believers. And three, um, what was that I said? the thief will break into the night, into the home at night with, without anyone expecting him. And more importantly, um, the faithfulness of that servant. So how faithful we have to be. So when we look at the first sign of Christ's coming or his nearness is how the people acted during the days of Noah. Um, so days before the flood, people were what, eating, drinking, marrying, and giving into marriage until the flood came and took them away. So this, <laughs> this uh, the similarity of Noah's story, and this, Jesus is pointing out that the fact that how sudden that flood came and how old people rejected Noah's invitation to the ark until it was too late. Um, so when we look up, it's in Genesis 6. So the Noah story is in Genesis 6. 6 I know most of you know. Um, but there was numerous things happening before it actually, the flood actually came and took them away. One, there was a rapid growth of um, population. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing or a good thing that we have, a, you know. There's a lot of people now, but with, uh, with it usually comes um, immorality and um, kind of going away from our old ways. Two, there's increase in knowledge. 
um, which contributes to wickedness, pride, self-indulgence, and entitlement. And three, we have, there was increase in wickedness. It says God saw the heart of man, and it was wicked and evil, and he hated it, which is why he destroyed it. So when we go back to um, Matthew 24, Jesus says um, they were eating, drinking, marrying, which nothing wrong with that. Our sister just got married. Um, (laughs) And it's something... It's something that every human do, and God is okay with it. He would not have created if there was no purpose. Where it goes wrong is when people are obsessed with eating and food. It's, it's, it, I, I'm speaking for myself and for some of us, and all of us, about food obsession. Um, when people are eating, um, when people are live, living to eat rather than eating to live, there's something deeply wrong with it. Why are you looking at me? What are you saying? <laughs> um, so, this is like seen in our world right now. So, like with the rapid growth of obesity and and it's <laughs> and this country and the other side, we have eating disorder as well. Um, it shows how unhealthy our relationship it is. Our relationship with food is. A society that it was um, so mm-hmm. it's wrong when food becomes our center so every, everything we think about is food that's not glorifying God um, you know I'm not saying don't eat food <laughs> say it. don't let it be your source of happiness or don't obsess over it yes um, everything we do must glorify God and that what sets us apart is how we glorified God with our body and our action and how we speak, how we conduct ourselves. It's a daily thing. It's not a one thing and over. So um, one thing that I have taken away from this story is like how hard it is for the church or any of us to like actually do fast and prayer. That shows how much we are obsessed with food. Like we can't like, not even like for two days, even a day. Like, <laughs> even the day where we, like, submit ourselves into his glory and prevent ourselves from eating so we can be in his, with his, within his face and seek his face. Um, I'm just saying that church needs to work. Church means us. Yeah. So... Um, Food should not be our center of our world or our obsession. So similarly, this food obsession that we saw in Noah's day, Noah's day, like the Bible doesn't bring up something if it wasn't important. So saying they were drinking and marrying and all of that um, and eating without it being important. So we're seeing that now. So I'm just saying he's coming. He's coming. That's one of the signs. Okay. He's coming. <laughs> Um, so, just like food, marrying is a good thing. In fact, relationship um, with God and the church is in a sanctity of marriage, described in a sanctity of marriage as a bride and groom. Um, where it goes wrong is when, it's, when it's not a biblically sound marriage. So, nowadays, 
everyone can get married. You can marry your car if you want to. Okay. You can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's legalized yet. But. I mean, yeah. Is it far from Michelle? I don't think it's that far. We're we're near. We're very near. You can. There's sex. Uh, the, what's the same sex marriage? That's it's been legalized. Then now they're doing like you can have multiple partners in a marriage. That's illegal. Yes. Um, self marriage too. Mm-hmm. Self marriage You can marry yourself if you want to. Your different personality if you want to. What? You can marry your different personality if you want to. Yeah. So what the world has done is it has inverted what Christ deemed was um, something that glorifies Him when we do it. So. We're seeing that with like with with the wrong obsession with food, the wrong obsession with the wrong marriage, is the sign of end times. And so, main things with you know they were eating, uh, marrying, drinking. Well, this drinking don't even get me started. But it's just, it's just, you go out in downtown, you see them just like. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> every like, like it was like in the middle doing? of the day yesterday, and they were drinking. I'm like, it's two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been drinking all day. <laughs> so another it's thing is, um, how do you know? Another one is just like uh, people that were um, in the days of Noah. They became. Like, they were mocking him while he was building an ark, and he was just telling them, the flood is coming, um, judgment is coming, come help me build this ark so we can be saved. Um, similarly, we have mockers of the gospel mm-hmm. and Jesus all around us right now. Like, no one ever takes the gospel seriously anymore. Um, while Noah was building the ark, he was preaching about the judgment coming for 120 years. That's how much he was calling out to people and be like, hey, this flood is coming, please. We don't live that long. Anymore. <laughs> Anywhere. But he was saying it, but they were not listening. So, just like that, the Bible and the gospel have been here for years, decades. Um, and we're still not listening. And that hardened heart um, and the more mockery there is, is pointing toward the end of time and Jesus is coming. So I would like us to read um, some other um, verses. Second Peter's 3, 4 to, not, to 10. And another one can, another person can read Second Timothy 3, one to five. I'll do Second Timothy. I just got there. I'll do Second Peter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you read what? Well, like eighteen verses? It's okay. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. First Timothy. There's another First Timothy. First Timothy four one. Second Timothy three. Second Peter three. Second Peter's three four to ten. Okay. They will say, "Where is this coming?" He promised. One to five. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Baruch. Go ahead. You did the intro. <laughs> I, I'm reading from First Timothy so and so. I'm reading this version. 
I'll be nothing? reading Second Peter, <laughs> chapter three, from verse four to ten in the NIV version. Thank you. They will say, "Where is this coming?" He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire in the earth, and everything done in it will be laid bare. Amen. amen. I don't know what to add Which to that. Which one are we saying amen? The repentance all of it. All of it. <laughs> all of it is an amen. I can't add anything to that. It's telling you. Even though they're saying, when is it going to happen? Um, it's going to happen. And when he comes, there won't, be going, there won't be any chance of going back. So, 2 Timothy 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay, I'll be reading 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, mm-hmm. NIV version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do with such people. Thank you. So, it goes farther into cre- listing out exactly what type of characteristic the end of time will bring. So, when people are more obsessed with themselves, lovers of themselves, mockers of Jesus Christ, and they don't respect anybody, that is a sign of the end time. First um, Timothy 4.1 just for one. Mm-hmm. First Timothy four one. The Spirit clearly says that in the later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Yes. Oh. So. First Timothy four. Four one. Four one. Why are you laughing? Okay, so First Timothy four one says they abandon the faith, which we'll see. We are seeing that with many pastors and leaders in the church, they're saying they're growing, and you know this is their truths. There's like there's only one truth. There's no their truths or my truths, um, and basically are accepting unif- universalism. Universalism. Yes. Universalism. Universalism. Practice. Wait. Okay. <laughs> um. So if you any, do you guys know what universalism is? Yeah. No. 
All leads, all roads lead to heaven. Okay. So yeah, basically, it's a religious practice that says everyone will be saved eventually. Um, God is such a good God, you know. <laughs> He's such a good God, right? like just and stuff. So everyone will be saved. Do they know what that means, bro? <laughs> <laughs> he will I mean, never send. You'll be there with the pedophiles. He will never. <laughs> That's what it means. You'll be there with the pedophiles. He will never send his creation, precious creation, to hell. <laughs> but <laughs> well anyways <laughs> um, anyways but the bible says otherwise he said um, God is loving yes he is just yes but he will also bring judgment to all of us based on our actions so in no one has to wait, hold on. So just like the days of Noah, when the flood came, it was God who shut the door of the ark, not Noah. Similarly, at the end of time, God will eventually end his grace period. So this is our grace period where we can repent and be forgiven and get closer to God. Um, so suddenly, um, when Jesus returns, as unexpected, it will be too late to repent. It will be too late to believe, and it will be too late to come to him. Um, so it's very important that we keep that in mind, that just because we're in the grace period, there is an end to this grace period. Um, another story of um, how this parallels to another story is the loss of Esau's blessing. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the story yeah. in Genesis 27. Um, Esau tra traded his birthright, firstborn birthright, and blessing for what? Genesis. Food again. <laughs> Funny you know that. Huh? <laughs> for Mr. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have a lot of wait a second. Okay. He traded his blessing. Do I have time? Okay. Okay. Um blessing with for food to his brother. What like I love about this story is I I mean it's sad for Esau, but I mean, he snooze, he lose. But his brother saw the value of something he did not have. Yeah. While Esau did not see the value that he was inherit, he was born with inherently and had just been given. So just like Esau, we have been given this grace, this ability to call Jesus our father. And um, we need to be like Jacob where we see the value in it. Amen. So once he lost it, it's when he realized, he's like, oh no. Is there like at least one blessing for me left? And his dad was like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and he was what, crying? And he was crying. It was, crying. It was too late when he saw it the value. It was too late. Didn't he just want to kill 
It was too. I mean, his blessing was taken. It was Both too steps. late. <clears throat> First is despair, then is murder. <laughs> Denial. Of anger. The five steps of. Anger. First is despair, and then it's anger, and then it's. Okay. Anyways, um, Jacob, who saw the value and the blessing, became a nation. I mean, he did go through like the hardship for stealing something. He was, you know. Um, he, he did go through a lot of slavery. But he became a nation, and through him, through his lineage, Jesus was born. Amen. So it's through him seeing that value that he was able to be included in the lineage of Jesus. Amen. So it's very important that we keep ourselves glued to Jesus, his grace, and repent daily because there will be a time where we cannot do that anymore. Where it will be too late. Mm. Okay? Any question about the parallelism of Noah's days to Matthew 24? No. Okay, let's go to the second point. Um, second point where Jesus emphasized the suddenness of his coming by pointing out the separation of believers from non-believers. So this separation is for from those who... Um, who love Jesus truly and those who pretend to love him. So this is the separation of the church, right? So we're all believers, but quote-unquote, some are non-believers, even though they are in church. They pretend to love God, but they don't love him. Um, so there's it says two working together. It could be neighbors. It could be those that are related. It could be people that are married. One will go to heaven, and the other will end up end up being left heaven. behind. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's very important with this separation. This is for the believers. With this separation, we need to examine ourselves and make sure that we are right with God. And there should not be any doubt that we'll go to heaven. If there is, we need to address that um, core issue of why we think we are not going to heaven. We have to be right, holy, and presentable daily for God. And since he chose us to be his dwelling place, we must look the part as well. Um, Jesus gave us the opportunity to be saved through his precious blood. We must not abuse his grace and misuse it. And like I've been saying, there will be a time where we cannot, we, that grace will not be offered to us anymore. So, side note with this, um, we have to keep in mind God, that God is not um, a communist or he's not a socialist. He's a Republican. He's not a Republican. He's not. No, yes, he is. He's not. He's not going to take. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's not going to treat everybody the same. We're all his children. We all have different relationships with him. But we're not going to be treated equally. Um, no equal treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no equal opportunity. He's not. 
now he, we call it. He's not gonna give each of us a participation trophy. Oh, oh no. like we did yesterday. <laughs> No, 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 no participation trophy from Jesus, okay? Once the end. Yeah, when they got the medals. See? That's exactly what I said. That's my savior. You guys tore them up. They won't. I know, that's what I'm saying. I'll help them grow. I will help them grow. I'll help them grow, yes. To be denied. Yes. All right, all right. Okay, okay, let's go back. Let's bring it back. Just like he will give us a participation trophy, um, he will separate the faithful from that faithful. Um, so don't deceive yourself into thinking that he won't divide. And in Luke, um, Luke 12, 49 to 53, you don't have to read it. Um, this is basically where Jesus extensively expressed how he came to divide and not bring peace to the world. He said he will divide one house. One house will be divided in three against two, two against three, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. So this is just showing that within the house of God, just the body, we will be divided and separated. Um, so with this division, we must examine our faith and where we stand in our faith, and how well protected and grounded our faith is in the biblical truths and in God. Um, so, second sign of separation, second sign of end time or Jesus is coming is separation, okay? So let's go to the third one. Third one, and lastly, Jesus used the similarity of his coming to a thief breaking into people's house at night. Um, so when a thief comes to steal something from your house, um, he won't come in like, you know, the SWAT team. Hey, uh, are you there? Can I get can I, can I, can I in? No. Like the AR now. <laughs> Put your, an ad on your door. Yeah. Or like, yeah. You're you're interested. You know how like FBI goes into like the FBI thing. open up, <laughs> open everything oh, and then goes yeah. into. Yeah, he won't do that. He won't come in like that with like a lot of voice and making ruckus. He won't make any sound. <laughs> he comes in quietly, tiptoeing. Um, first, so when someone's trying to steal something, they first try to test out how grounded that house is so how well built or if to see if the doors are locked or if they're unlocked so he'll sneak in are you speaking from experience here so he will test out the house you know by gently pushing at the door to see if it's open or if someone forgot to lock it or something like that <laughs> Try the back door first. Yeah, so you mean yeah. the windows, anything like that. Check so, yes. So if that door is wide open, 
That's you're gonna get robbed. <laughs> Please come in. Just like that. Jesus is gonna like sneak in and take your husband or wife. You'll be left alone. And your kids. Don't hide anybody because he will get them. That's not funny. So, with your kids. With your mama. So, similarly, if our faith is not locked and grounded and founded in God and his word, it will be easy to break in. So in that revelation, he, Jesus talks about, um, in the same passage, Jesus talks about like how they, Jesus comes as a thief in the night, an unknowing hour. And this was described in a letter to a church. So he's letting the church know, hey, I'm coming to your house at night. You better be awake and watchful. Um, so it's not for the non-believers. This is for the believers. So we can be prepared for his return. And, um, okay, so okay. one thing, the, they, the thief does not come in um, just for random stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It comes in <laughs> or like in the trash, you know, if he wants to take the trash, please. <laughs> Go for it. Please take it. <laughs> what a nice, what a nice thief! Just him taking my trash away. <laughs> but he comes for what we consider valuable or irreplaceable. So, what is more valuable and replaceable than our soul? As like we place our worldly values, like our money and jewelry. What else do you lock in the, in the gun? I don't know. Hard cash. Cash. My cat. Cash money. Cat money, gold, silver, diamond. You're not your children. My social security. Yeah, there you go. Passport. Passport. Just like we lock those things that we think are very... Irreplaceable. And your house snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, candy. Oh, yeah. It all goes to the circle. It's actually like that. Just like we placed our valuables under lock and key. <laughs> Why are we very careless with our whole souls? So <laughs> we need to be very careful with it. Um, Jesus considers our soul to be very valuable. That's why valuable. That's why he said, um, what profits a man to gain mm-hmm. the whole uh, world but loses his soul. Mm-hmm. So we should always be more considerate about our soul. Yeah. And women, by the way. Women um, should also care about their souls. Our she said, "What good is for a man and to lose his soul?" The mankind, the okay, mankind, okay. humankind. Okay, okay. Our soul should be. A woman is a man. Guys, we only have a few more minutes. I know. I have a lot. No, I'm almost done. That's okay. Um, So, 
we should be able to keep our soul um, safely um, deposited in the hand of God. That's the only safe deposit we got. Um, we put everything in God um, so we don't have to be worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. There won't be any worries about end time. There won't be any anxiety or panic because our most prized possession, our soul, nothing else, is in the, safe, the safest hand of all. Um, so, what happens when you have your soul safely tucked in the arms of God? It drives you to live righteously. Um, you're always ready, ready in your spiritual bag, that's what I call it. That spiritual bag, your packet's ready to go. You're packed. Your suitcase is ready to go. Um, most importantly, you're watching. You're watchful because when you're ready to go somewhere, you're not asleep when you have to it's go to like the... A, a soldier on, on watch. Yeah, you're just watching every day. Um, so, in Matthew 40, 24, 42... Is it 42? No, it's 42. Matthew, just 42. You don't have to read it. It says, keep watch and be ready. It says, keep watch, keep watch and be ready. So, um, all of this is to remind us that the suddenness of his coming, it tells us how ordinary the day will be when he comes. Um, and just like the doors were closed on the ark, it will be similar to that. Um, it will be closed. Our grace period will end, and there will be no going back. Um, and the separation story tells us that the believers and the non-believers will be divided. The house will be divided. One will go, the other will stay. And the story of the thief tells us that um, being watchful and grounded in fate and being pro proactive about where we deposit our soul and being very protective of it um, is very important. Um, it's also important that we are faithful. In fact, we are expecting our master, like at the end of the story there in Matthew 24 said, we are expecting our master to return. It should motivate us to remain watchful and faithful in this life. And in one of the stories in Luke, Luke 19, 11, um, 13 says, um, this is the story when the master calls his seven, uh, 10 servants and gives them all minds. Is that right? Or minds? Talents? I don't know. Ten he servants? gives them. Yeah. They're 10 servants? Yeah. I think we're talking about the bridesmaids? No. Not the virgins, no. No, no, he gives them money and tells them to be occupied. Yeah, to bury it. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, 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 not to bury it. No, no, one of them buried. It's another one. It's, no, no, it's a different one. Um, so, well, it's talking in, about three servants. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, talking about ten servants. the story of the talents. Oh. It's yeah. not. It's only three manager, people in the talents. A shoe manager. Shrew. Shrew. Uh, okay, so, it's oh, in Luke 19. Okay, Luke 19, 11 to 13. That's a lot of stuff. talking about different From the story I want you guys to get is occupy until I return. He, the master tells the servant that he, they need to be occupied until he returns, which means we are called to be um, watchful, serve others and the church, be busy, be working um, and ministering to others until his return, 
not to like you know chill and relax and be like well he's coming someday I'm gonna go to sleep and enjoy my life that's not our calling our calling is to be watchful so while as I conclude this um, lesson I challenge you guys to be faithful um, to examine our faith and the foundation of our belief and ensure that we are watching for his return while staying active in the church which is we all need to pick up a ministry we all the body of Christ and the body cannot function if one of the body part is not working right so um, we need to be active in the church serving sharing the gospel and praying daily and um, and when it comes back to you know the food thing dying daily and fasting um, day, like Paul said he dies daily um, which means we are putting our body and our flesh into submission um, to Christ Amen. to save our soul that's the goal to save our soul from um, the never ending fire that will come so with this lesson i want you guys to be um, very careful and examine yourself i just want you guys to be challenged to examine yourself yeah. is my faith grounded um if i die now do i go to heaven yeah. if jesus is coming right now would my answer be i did this i did this i did this you know something you'll be proud of if not it's something we need to work on yeah. daily okay <clears throat> Oh, I don't want it to be too heavy, but oh, no, no. that's it. Sorry, Any questions, concerns, comments? Anything well, that's interesting to you guys? Yeah. Um, so, do you guys, this is like a question, so, to see if you guys can relate. So, have you guys ever been in this position where like, you're in the house and you know someone's coming, like someone's on the way, but you don't know when they'll arrive? Oh, I hate <laughs> so you're like welcome to Christianity. So you don't you don't know, and all you do in the house is just like you're 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 waiting, but you're not really like you know you're not doing something that you want. You're not like you can't go out, can't <laughs> you can't go whatever you want. You're like you can't you're just you just just there. You're just idle, right? And if you did something, what you would do is towards the purpose of like they're they're coming, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have to prepare the house, clean the house, but that's all you do. But you don't know, so. We're kind of in that position, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're waiting for, for, for God to come back, for the Father to come back. Um, and, and, and this is like way bigger than that. This is judgment. Mm -hmm. So like you said, we need to prepare ourselves and, 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 and take in the grace that, that He has freely given us. Right? It's, it's not something that's, that's easy. So um, like, I, I like the part that you said, get busy. It's like we're, we're not just waiting. Mm -hmm. like, yes, it is a waiting period, but we're not just waiting and doing nothing. Yeah. Right. Our our calling is to you know to know the truth, know this gospel, and spread it to others. Right. We're not just uh you know, just taking in our own our faith, our salvation, and be being okay with that, mm -hmm. and saying okay, I'm saved. Then I'm just gonna wait now. Right. So we don't we don't know the hour and the day, um, and and yeah, the the, the thief analogy is pretty good, but the the one that I that I'm really interested in the is the separation thing, and and the separation plus how everything will be like normal and then everyone will just be like marrying each other and 
when it's, it's like defining people it's like people of the world in this time they will be lovers of themselves they will be deceivers and it's like putting people in a box and that's people of the world mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be out of that box not follow that um and it'll just be normal it's like you have to see it as all these things like the 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 inner marriage the the all the bad things are all, all the things that don't please god the same sex marriage all of that the 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 drinking and all it's all going to be considered normal <laughs> like the weird would be not doing that mm-hmm. like you'd be considered weird or just out of the norm if you don't drink if you don't if you don't love money so when when that becomes normal which is a continual process it's going to keep happening mm-hmm. right there's not going to be one point where we're like oh this is normal because because the, the, the next day something else is going to start being <clears throat> normal so because of that we can't really say like we can't take in that sign and say okay tomorrow Jesus is going to come because today this happened tomorrow he's going to come back because it's going to continue like the 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 same sex marriage it happened what 2015 so when that happened i bet a lot of people were like and is near and is near and then and then covid happened and then so it's like even my mom's like 2020 you'll see but it's like there are all these things that happen that are indications but all they are are indications they're not really tomorrow it's like you don't know the date there will always be an indication mm-hmm. even back then even in the new testament the the, the disciples were being persecuted that isn't a, a sign of the, the the coming of jesus mm-hmm. so they were there were always signs it's not like you know it will be normal 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 everything is peaceful and then the signs start coming in and then jesus will come back so it's like it's always happening so always be prepared mm-hmm. like don't give it a rest yeah okay so um, yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> so just to clarify, mm-hmm. um, most people think waiting is sitting down, get the arms crossed, and just waiting. That is not the definition of what we're talking about here. Waiting is actively working, actively ministered. You know, um, like it's just like whenever you say, "Oh, I'm waiting on God," what does that mean? You you have to actively pursue that, and then you'll receive mm-hmm. receive that. It's, a, it's, a it's the same thing with, oh, I'm waiting on my spouse. I'm waiting on somebody <laughs> to marry. How are you going to do that if you don't, if you don't you know, have a, a relationship with God? If you're not doing the due diligence of serving others. And the nitty and gritty, if you're not serving others, how are you going to know you have to serve your wife and husband? Mm-hmm. It's not, you can't get it from anyone. There was just one other thing, like I was about to, I was about to say, and that bar picked up, and I completely forgot about it. Um, so do you remember? Why is he his dad? He came out of him, did he? He's just like his dad. Yeah, it just... I mean, I can say something. Yeah, I'll um, So, I uh, had to teach middle school. Uh, it was uh, John 6, and it was like this last whole section. <laughs> Sorry, I don't just violently open this one. But, um, it was uh, Jesus, it, this, was, this event happened after Jesus fed the 5,000. 
and uh, he went out to pray in the mountains and then he walked on water and then now we're back here the next day um, and everybody's trying to find Jesus and some commentary I read was because they were hungry. They're like, okay, is he going to do this again? Is he going to make some bread, some fish for us again? Um, and, and Jesus calls them out and says, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs of you know, what he was doing. Um, and through this whole thing, Jesus was saying, I'm the bread of life. It is me that you seek for. I, you know, anybody who seeks for me will not starve, thirst, and everything like that, right? Um, and it even got to the point where Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and they were still thinking about food, and they said, is he trying to tell me to be a cannibalist? Like, what is going on? Like, they literally were so confused. But I think I was thinking of this when Ronnie was talking about how we take food um, so seriously. And, like, there's, even, like, today, there's so many, like, diet plans. Do this. Um, if you want to do this, do this. For different things. Summer body. <laughs> um, there's just so many things out there um, that divert our attention from the bread of life, mm -hmm. which is Jesus. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I was trying to say. Take that with what you will. Yeah. I remember what that said. Okay. <laughs> oh, good job, Shadi. In, in the middle, as soon as you started talking, I'm like, okay, now. So, if you remember, like, any time Jesus speaks, he said, what? Let them who have ears yeah. hear. Is this and the same thing? Uh, like whenever the, these all these signs and everything that's happening is not it's not just also the physical sense, mm -hmm. but also spiritually mm -hmm. as well. Now, we can't we can't neglect that too. There's also a lot of spiritual battles that's happening that's causing the things to what you see, mm -hmm. um, and being spiritually aware as well, not mm -hmm. just physically. Because the you know, one thing that Jesus left us with is the Holy Spirit. So we have to take this person and let them fight for us as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, I think it was <clears throat> two weeks ago we talked about um, Rebecca and Isaac, right? And we talked about how the Lord, the church is Rebecca and, and, and the Lord is bringing her to Isaac, or the Holy Spirit is going to bring her to Isaac. Um, in Matthew 22, this is what the Word of God says about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to, um, who he had invited to the banquet, to tell them to come, and they refused to come. Then he sent more servants, and, he said, and they said, <clears throat> Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner, my oxen's uh, fattened cat cattle uh, have been uh, butchered and everything is ready. Come to the mm -hmm. wedding banquet. And they paid no attention, went out one to his field, another to his, to his business. Right? And, and as we're talking about this being busy and, and waiting, um, or essentially like the, the whole goal is whether Christ comes or we go to him, is that we would be present at this banquet. Mm -hmm. That we would be present during the wedding between Christ and the church. Right? And during that time, during the waiting season, until we go to him or he comes, the whole idea is that we are busy. Mm -hmm. But here in the word of God, even those who've heard about their invitation to the, to the wedding, they're busy with the field. They're busy with business. They're bu busy with essentially life. Right? So when we talk about being busy, I don't want us to think of it as like maybe you're serving in the church and so you're considering that to be busy. It's like Baruch said, you know someone is coming, 
but you're waiting in the house. And sometimes maybe you, you clean the table, but you keep cleaning it while there's a whole mess in the kitchen, right? It's intentionally actually being busy with being prepared to, to be at the banquet or like knowing that you're going to a dinner and being prepared, right? Sometimes we serve in the church, but when you go into our personal life, it looks like we don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we sing, but we don't minister to people as if that's reserved for someone else. Mm -hmm. So when we're saying busy, actually be busy about what the word of God is telling you to be busy about. Mm -hmm. Love your brother, right? Like love your brother. The word of God compares hating your brother like murder. Right, so when you, like when you measure yourself, don't measure yourself to unbelievers. Measure yourself to what the word of God is saying. Are you actually ready to sit at the banquet? Like, I'm not ready. Jesus will make you ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just don't want us to leave this room thinking, I'm good because I'm in the church. Mm. It's good to, to see yourself and say, okay, I'm lacking, and I need to be ready. Oh, wait, so what you're saying is like those people that um, think that ministry uphold their relationship with God. Like, yeah. it's, it's because I sing on stage that I have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I think when we talk about, like, the end times, our first response is, am I in the house of the Lord? Mm -hmm. Am I better than someone who's out there in the world? And yeah, you are, I hope so, because you know Christ. But there's just so much to it than just coming to, like, just because you know God doesn't mean, you know? Like, by faith, you, you, you've, you've made it this far. You have the grace of the Lord. But there's so much to be done here. So much work, yeah. so much work right? And then when you stand in front of God at the end, trust me, the question is, like, have you actually done what God was expecting of you? Right? Like, we all know that there's a purpose and a reason why we're alive. When the Lord designed you, there's, there's a story he spoke over you. And like, am I living that out? Mm -hmm. Am I ministering to someone who's lost? Do I even care that there are people who don't know about the Lord? Does that keep you up at night? Mm -hmm. Or are you just okay to, to wake up, go to church on Sunday, you go back to your life, and maybe the Lord is blessing you with straight A's, and you think you're good? Sorry, I think I'm having a mental I think it's very important that what as believers our mirror shouldn't be the world, but God, right? Christ Jesus. Every day we have to strive toward looking just like him rather than the world. I mean we look better than the world. It's essential we have to if we're in the house of God, because that's we are within the kingdom. We're included. But are we growing? Are we maturing? Is there a change in our lives every day? Every day there should be some type of change. Or are we living the same life over and over again and expecting a different result? Um, I also, to add on to what you said and what Baruch said, um, uh, the waiting is a, a kind of like puts it back to like just sitting there waiting. I like the word watchful better because when you're watchful, you're actively looking for something. Mm -hmm. You're actively doing something. Yeah. You're actively preparing. Yeah. So it's being watchful is where we want to be for Christ's return. So I hope this lesson gave you guys a little bit of a background knowledge and a few things. Yeah. I think uh, I wanted to clarify... 
Um, for those who were in Bible study uh, the previous Tuesday, uh, we had went over the verse 10 of Ephesians 2. I'm going to read it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We talked about the idea of like uh, faith without works is dead. 